Hi. Hi. My timing was so perfect. I was like, I can't wait anymore. I got to light this. I know. Away. You know what? I just realized this mm. was really bad. You don't have it. You don't have your stuff. I don't have any more weed. What? How? How does that happen? I don't know. Because I crushed it all into the grinder. What's up next? Then, um, puffing, puffing, trying. Um, I have trying, enough. She's out of weed. What's I'm like, up, I have enough, I think, for Abel. Um, and then I'm going to have to, like, I got my chart pen here, though. So. Okay, good. I was like, you can't something. be completely out. Like, completely that's like, out. that's like the stoner, like, like when one of us says that we're out, we're not really out. We're just at a detrimental place where we don't have choices anymore. And like, shit's getting real low. <laughs> I mean, I do have some more like indica driven strains like upstairs. But, but yeah, no, I mean, I do. I could like dump my keef on top of it because we know that's all <laughs> from your uh shout out my smoke gear <laughs> you're my smoke gear grinder um yep, it needs to be emptied soon too um, I, um we lost our facebook audience today we've lost like half i don't know is it half i don't know Maybe we'll see what happens. Um, I think we get a lot of viewers on YouTube and Twitch. So, so I think I agreed. Agreed. I think that yeah. we are. Um, and hope and hopefully our Facebook viewers uh, realize that Facebook is garbage today, and um, click those links in the post that made it onto Facebook today. Facebook is back up, but it would not let us go live. So it's still, they still working out some issues and problems. I felt like it was the nineties today. Like, <laughs> I like someone text me the tweet, the tweet or the Twitter, whatever you call it. I obviously don't do that. And, um, yeah. And, uh, and I was like, oh, everyone does not know what to do with themselves right now. Like not everyone's at like staring Twitter, at their phones going like, why isn't this working? <laughs> Twitter is like, I mean, you can post pictures and stuff, but Twitter's a lot of just chit chat, you know, whereas, you know, Facebook is a lot of people sharing articles or pictures, page, videos, and then Instagram is the pictures, you know, so and yeah. videos and um, and I've had it with TikTok, so I refuse to go over there. And so all day long, I was like, come back up Facebook. I was really concerned about it coming back up um, for the show, but it, 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 I, mean, I know it, it would have been a technical miracle for us. If it had like, right. we were like when you were like, it might be up. It might as be it, up. As um, okay. Um, hold on. We, have a, we have a guest dog in the house. Um, shout out Jason Mitchell. Hope you watch this back. That's your dog. <laughs> That's Bear. What's up, Bear? Bear barks at everything, and apparently somebody walked in the house. So there it is. We're professionals around here. Don't even worry about it. Um, while well, she's getting him quiet, uh, we are we are excited today. We we have a show about sustainability today. And we have guests in the house for the first time in a long time. It's been a really long time. You're still muted, by the way. So Jesse, yeah, I know. I was I was waiting to waiting make sure that there wasn't any like. Is it? Nope. There he is. It's okay. Bear, bring it down a notch. 
Um, but we, yeah, we've been waiting to talk about this for a minute, but we wanted to make sure that we lined up the appropriate guests. Of course, we did line up the appropriate guests, but of course, and apologies to each and every one of our guests that we lined up. We waited to the very last minute to tell them that we wanted them on the show. So, <laughs> um, but, oh, she went away. She'll be back. Don't worry about it. Um, but uh, these ladies that we have on today are, are very well versed in our subject. I'm really excited to talk to them um, and um, get some ideas of how we can help um, change the way that we do business in cannabis as consumers. Um, but one thing I want to point out before we even start this conversation is that um, I was actually reading something um, about... Um, like uh, uh, recycling and, and, and our carbon footprint as individuals. Um, and really, if we all did, and uh, we were having this conversation actually with one of our guests the other day too, but really if all of us did exactly what we were supposed to do, our absolute 100% effort, we cleaned up all of our recyclables, they all got recycled, nothing fell through the cracks, um, you know, things like that, we still would not have the impact that the earth needs to change our situation because a it lot was, of this, we would have had to start like, I think 50 years, 30 well, years even ago, then, even then, even then, if consumers themselves had started back in, you know, like the, the eighties, when I did a, a little school play about pollution and we were trying to really, um, you know, tell our, our baby boomer parents that they needed to stop whatever the fuck they were doing and like start saving the planet. We um, did not have the impact Gen Xers um, and millennials that uh, these, the, this generation is having, but that's because it's a dire need. We're well, my dad right was working, my dad's an, a mechanical engineer and he was working on a composting and recycling. Um, you ideas and such back in the 80s you know when I was growing yeah. up um I, I have to go back not, to yeah, bio, new, but, like this isn't a brand new idea right it's been and, yeah. generations um but everyone is not uh, not our it's it's not going to affect us it doesn't affect us not us you know not and us, not us the mentality the, uh the you know and yeah. and Just look at us as the cannabis cannabis industry you know or not us but uh other people in the cannabis industry that are just like packaging 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 and it's like Part of it's regulation. We're going to talk about that today. Right. And part of it's our own shit. That's our own bullshit. Yeah, and uh, I think there's marketing. multifaceted in terms of the sustainability issue. Um, I was couldn't hear while he was barking of what you touched on uh, in the intro. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> I know we're talking about environmental impacts and just in terms of our packaging. And then also you and I have talked about sustainability and growing. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to touch on that and water. Um, yeah, we're going to touch on like such, so. really what is what are we doing? As it's a whole industry? big it is literally an ecosystem, our little cannabis industry ecosystem mm -hmm. and how it feeds each other or feeds off of each other and what we need to do to actually make sure that it's sustainable so, so i'm um, not telling but but, but um i'm not telling y'all to stop trying keep trying keep, keep doing trying every little bit helps what you can do compost if you compost <laughs> recycle if you recycle do all the things that you can do but honestly if we don't get these large companies and corporations on board 
nothing's going to change. Nothing's listen. I did a, I did a, I told you about this, that I did a little personal um, test on myself of where am I generating? What what's happening? What am I generating? Um, and so I did start composting and I had a compost bin and then I had my notes or like I had signs everywhere. So people were like, wouldn't throw shit into, uh, right. My garbage can says do nothing with food or or wetness. It goes into this. There's not a garbage right. bag in there um, there. And then I had my recycle bins and, um, you know, people didn't know what to do. I was just like, so leave it on the right. counter. I will take care of it. You know, yeah. and I took out the compost bags, uh, you know, maybe a couple times a week that garbage, the actual garbage, and it was mostly packaging from processed foods or things that I was buying for the house. Um, and even just down to where I would keep rubber bands, the clips on the uh, bread bags, and yeah. you know, kind of to see everything that I was um, kind of consuming. And with that, I was able to also though, like I said, I used one garbage. I didn't even use garbage bags. I had a whole thing of garbage bags that I didn't use for um, this period of time. I was using my dog food bags, you know, shoving oh, all of the packaging well, like material yeah, into, yeah. These, you know, and filling it, you know, like to the point where, and then I tape it shut and then that would go into my, you know, garbage. Um yeah, and yeah, significant difference. And then when I stopped doing it, now I, you know, I see how many, you know, I'm taking out two or three you, garbage yeah. bags a week um, right. because of that, the smell. We produce of, a lot of trash. why we, we throw our garbage out so quickly. I went to, um, it's been years, but uh, I went on a trip to Malaysia and India and we went out to um, a tribal, we went out to stay with uh, a tribal community in their longhouse and it's uh the ebon community we stayed out there and um the they they live in the middle of nowhere you we had to take boats like these paddle boats to get to them after hours on the road to get to the plate and then hours in the right so it wasn't like they're on the edge of civilization they are not okay so much packaging because what happens is they send one person from every generation to school to keep up with current affairs, to know what's going on in the world outside of their community so that they can just understand what's happening and be prepared for anything coming in towards them. But what happens is then they bring canned foods back and packaged foods back and all this stuff. And now we have trash that we didn't have before. It's crazy the impact that um, that we had like these foods came from our factory. They're our foods, you know. Right. right. And then we you know, that is the question. And, and you know, uh, yes, um, when you see I see commercials or different little Facebook ads about, oh, this company developed a packaging that is biodegradable or this or that. And it's then the question of why isn't it being done? more why isn't it accepted cost, more why is this being bought and then not being brought to fruition or etc cetera, etc cetera. so let's i think it's time we should go ahead and bring in yeah. our our ladies so we'll bring Absolutely. them all three in um okay. i have a little bit of info amy has been with us uh on our women in cannabis show um i will i'm gonna go ahead and bring you all all in at the same time and um <clears throat> so amy is with under the rose and it's a female owned um cannabis uh, topical company. Last time we talked to you, Amy, back in March, um, you guys had just gotten your MIP license. How is that going? 
It's good. It's good. Thank you so much for asking and having me. It's so good to see you, ladies. Um, it's going so good. We are now in our eighth dispensary. Um, super cool. We have kind of like a a slow but very like powerful start. I feel like it's honestly been picking off. I think we um, finally like open up full blown for sales in June, and then yeah. So right now we're sitting at eight dispensaries, and we're. Um, about to release bath bombs and those are in the process so very cool well um, Queen and I will uh, like to touch base with you about yeah. some endeavors and yeah uh, different absolutely. ventures so um, and then what else did I want to ask you about oh I just wanted to mention um, that you have your big BA and um, your bachelor's in sustainability studies and so that's why we um, you know, and you've been in the cannabis industry for a few years now. So um, just wanted to throw out those credentials. Um, I don't have much information on Kristen and Becky from Erase the Trace. So we're going to let you guys intro uh, yourself and then we'll start uh, just kind of getting into uh, <laughs> and start talking about all the things we can get into. Um, well, I'm Becky. Um, I'm founder of Erase the Trace, founder, president. Um, that's Kristen, my VP over there, other side. Yeah, yeah. They uh, you. It's, <laughs> I do it all the time. I do it all the time. Um, I don't know. We started, I guess, Erase the Trace back in 2015 was the kind of concept of it all, just seeing the trash everywhere, you know, kind of a lot of the points that you said and uh, snowballed into this and kind of seeing what we can do about minimizing in the cannabis industry as this takes off and builds as well. For sure. Um, I'm Kristen. I'm the vice president at Erase the Trace. Um, so one of the things that we do in the community is um, we go around and clean up trash. Just We just go pick it up. We sort out the recyclables and um, we get it where it needs to go, particularly in communities that might be um, not necessarily as looked after as other places, we'll say. And um, also uh, sort of out community outreach, teaching people about recycling. And then also um, we just broke into this summer uh, music festival um, green teaming. So um, taking all nice. of the waste, all the beer, all of oh the bottles, God, everything, um, sorting it out from the trash, getting the recyclables where it needs to go, and really minimizing the impact in the music industry as well. So um, we're hoping to have a similar impact in the cannabis industry. And here in Missouri, it's just at the ground level. So, you know, hopefully we can help them build something better than uh, what we're seeing other places. Cannabis, music, it all goes hand in hand. I mean, I just love yeah. it. Yeah, because those are some of the filthiest places um at like uh, such a waste too there's so much waste and filth at a music festival it's crazy but of course i love a good music festival too so i said that's actually been one of the cool things about uh this summer with because there has been a couple local festivals we've been kind of yep. small green teaming through the years and uh at the very end of the festival when they drove around we found four pieces of trash like there was a frisbee and a noodle and a napkin and but it was one of those like it is possible with the awareness yeah, and when yeah. people see it and you know we were out front sorting and separating in front of everybody and you know people left with a whole new impact and a whole new mindset of oh my goodness like th and when you think about it this is all the trash we're using at home maybe you know but it, now you're seeing everybody's combined on top of each other like it's it's overwhelming to see how so, quickly it accumulates. Explain, explain how you work with, uh, with companies when you do this. Um, how does that, how does that look for you guys? 
Um, so it looks a little different for everybody. Um, so there's not really a one size fits all, you know, you have different size venues uh, out here in Missouri. We've got a lot of room. So people like to spread out. We've got woods, we've got hills, we've got rivers, streams, you know. So depending on what the festival grounds look like um, and how many people they're expecting to attend, we'll work with the um, production company and the venue owners to come up with a plan for, you know, trash can placement, um, sorting placement, um, education placement, that type of stuff, um, as well as helping us find volunteers, which everybody loves a free ticket. So, you know, for a little bit of legwork, we can get people in for free in addition. So, yeah. Um, there's a lot of facets to it, but nice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so uh, we were talking a little bit about, um, well, a little bit about all of the different issues that, that come with this very broad subject. I mean, we said we're doing a sustainability episode. This could go on for hours. Honestly, there's like so many pieces and parts to sustainability when we talk about that. Um, but when we talk about it um, on the surface um, in the cannabis industry, the first thing people think about is all of the packaging, right? All this packaging that we have to, sometimes we have to, sometimes we unnecessarily do for marketing purposes, um, put around these products. Um, Colorado had it before uh, where we could collect and reuse uh, or have or have patients bring in and reuse their packaging. But then, uh, of course, regulations put a, a halt to that. So couldn't do that anymore. Uh, I believe we can recycle. But again, it doesn't really cover some of the issues that come up. What if somebody gives you something that has stuff in it? Are we able to recycle cartridges? What if they have oil in them? Um, what if they're not completely cleaned out? So we have to make sure they're completely cleaned out, <laughs> things like that. Um, when I have questions for everybody here, um, cause Amy, you are in the industry now packaging products. So I, I pose these questions to you as well. And then, uh, uh, Becky and Kristen, you are, um, working within the cannabis industry to try to, um, create a, a smaller footprint for us in the, in, you know, one business at a time, if you will. Um, how do these regulations hinder us as an industry from being able to do these things that would be more helpful environmentally speaking? Um, who wants to go first on that? That's a loaded question. Uh, we'll go with Amy first. Yeah. I, I love this question. Um, I, I, that, that is such a tough thing because cannabis does have so many things that we are forced to like abide by with the regulations. But when I was in college, I was bartending at the same time to like pay my bills, of course. And that's really where I got the idea to make my pro my final project on strictly, um, strictly like the impacts of um, the regulations. Um, and how it limits our sustainability growth. And I think that water is like a huge one and the indoor grow space, of course, this is kind of all the state of Colorado. Mm -hmm. I know other states allow like outdoor grows and under such laws, but um, like state of Colorado, for example, only has like home grow laws. So we have 350 days of sun here and you can't really, we can use that light, but it has to be clouded. It can't be visible from the outside. Like 
you can't. Yeah, you have to put up barriers. Mm -hmm. Public eye cannot be viewed. And so that does hinder people. I mean, though, I will say one of my neighbors right on the corner of the main, uh, you know, on the corner of my street and the main road that yeah, everyone has to get to to get to the school. They had just a single little plant grow in the summer and I watched it grow. I saw it and I was like, oh, that's a little pot plant. And I watched it and they they took it in the first of October when, um, you know, the weather got here a little crazy. But um I was, I wanted to say something. So I'd be like, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I um, actually grow outside no, too. Yeah. Right. I think don't, people do. My mom did. As a unless kid. unless you're like really doing the thing, I think that you can kind of get away with that. But, um, um, and as long as it, you know, like you got to make sure they're, they're not supposed to cross the fence line and all this stuff like that. You're supposed to keep it private. Um, but really, I think the biggest concern is like, you know, feeding the underground market on that level. And so, um, but things can be done in a basement, everybody. Um, so just keep that in mind and big basements exist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's a whole so, different part of electricity and consumption and a whole nother different right. aspect of our yeah. environmental sustainability. So, but speaking um, on the packaging piece, just, um, because, I do want to get into the water piece as well and, and the, and the lights and the, I mean, it's all, it all impacts us greatly. Um, how do you, Amy though, um, for your product, do you, are you able to sustainably package your product under the regulations that are required in Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm kind of jumping the gun. I already hitting all the top. No, no, yeah. do it. I um, love it. but yeah. So with packaging, um, the really the toughest thing is your choice of material and of course plastic everything has to be cr child resistant certified so it has to have some kind of child resistant mechanism which for the most part is always plastic they have made them in metal tins now yeah. but you know the most common that we all see is plastic and like that is something that it's really important that the company is aware that like for example wana brands they mm -hmm. do have a um a company they're it's not supposed to be forever plastic. Um, it is supposed to break down in a landfill. Um, Calyx containers does simpler, uh, simple things like that as well. Um, and it's the bioplastic area is its own realm in general, but I think just being smart with what you purchase, like for example, under the rose, we utilize glass only because it's can be cleaned out. Our labels are easy to pull off. Um, and that way, you know, I keep my jewelry and my weed in them now. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully nice. we try to encourage everything. I reuse all my glass. I mean, I <laughs> yeah. need a jar for something. I got it. <laughs> yeah. so, so what about in Missouri is, are, are you finding that there are some of those regulations are going to hinder your process a little bit and make it a little bit more difficult? Um, so there's a couple of things here. Um, Becky, do you want to speak on the biodegradable versus compostable before we get into anything else? I do, else? yeah, because that's been, uh, that's a couple times that's popped up. Um, so bio, biodegradable nowadays really is a greenwashing term, like fossil fuel-based plastics can be biodegradable. It just means an item's going to break down over time. Um, a lot of times it'll make for harder cleanup because now this plastic bag is biodegraded and I have all these little plastics that are oh, impossible yeah. to clean up. Um, so just even looking for the term compostable as opposed to, you know, compostable means that it is all plant-based and uh, to be certified compostable will break down within 180 days in a commercial composting facility. Um, 
without leaving any sort of chemical trace or anything behind. Um, so there's just even that, like everything says biodegradable and people think that's great, but like read the fine prints on, well, what is that biodegradable material actually made out of? Is it right. plant-based? Is it petroleum-based? Um, yeah, so these are good points that you're making. Language is very important. It's just like, huge. just because it says organic on the packaging doesn't mean it's good for you. So stop thinking that kind of stuff. Right, right. Exactly. So this is very important. And I love it. And we love um, clarifying our language. So thank you for um, doing that. Please. Um, another thing that I want to touch, um, the small plastics recycling, and I presume it would be maybe the same all around, but I know here in Missouri, they say the machines sort by size and shape of the going through. So even though your little tube is made of recyclable plastic, anything smaller than a softball falls through the grading system and ends up in the trash okay, anyways. So, so that is a huge problem with, you know, yes, these things are recyclable. We can recycle them all day long, but unless you're taking them to a sorted place that is specifically for this plastic, then it's going to end up in the landfill. Mm -hmm. um, I absolutely love the tin thing that you were talking about to me. That's my favorite material. I saw that at the festival for the first, not the festival, but the uh, canna is uh, for the first time. The guy, the tin can has got the little child proof lock uh, made from recycled materials can be recycled. Glass is great. However, there is also a thing as a sand shortage out there from people pirating sand from countries and uh, to make glass. And while it is recyclable, it doesn't get recycled as much. And I'm learning so much right now. <laughs> like there's a lot of little aspects of, so like I said, the tin to me is my favorite, like there's aluminum a lot. would be a great alternative, like infinitely recyclable. And it usually gets recycled. You can cash it in for money. People, people like getting money for recycling, you know, especially ask, in a country where they don't have recycling. Is this a cost effective means too? Because that's a lot of the reason why some of these companies aren't utilizing plastic is cheap alternative styrofoam is cheap that's why we right. can't get rid of styrofoam you know exactly. without laws that do it it's it's cheap people are going to save that money over unless you it's, actually have someone that cares about the earth or, right you know which yeah. you should because everybody you may should not we live all live here <laughs> you may not live to see it but uh your loved ones will and they gotta deal with it and that's not an okay stance to have. I'm not going to be here, so it doesn't matter. Right. Um, yeah. And that's actually one cool thing since I have started Erase the Trace. There's a gentleman I used to work with, um, and he was definitely had that mentality. He came to me one day and said, I'll be honest with you. I feel like by the time any of it matters, I'm going to be dead anyways. And I was just like, well, damn, like, what about your kids? Like, he has kids, that, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but after working with him over the years and just little things, you know, all of a sudden, you know, four years later, he'd come up and tell me this story with, oh, my God, did you hear this on the news? This is crazy, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you could see that all of a sudden he cared. We we stopped doing the styrofoam and we did the composting, which was, oh, just for you, Becky. We'll recycle just for you, Becky. But but then it turned into, you know, like you, you actually care. You know, people do care. Yeah, you just yeah. have to be reminded that you do or reminded why you do or you have to put effort. We, into everyone's just become so jaded. Of, right. Like you said, you know, if we don't take these or even taking all these small actions, it doesn't really matter because of the corporations, which is true. But that's a hard thing to say because then people hear that and go, well, fuck oh, what I do doesn't matter. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. yeah, but it does matter. You don't it have does to matter. apologize it does matter. for language. Okay. <laughs> okay. But um, it does yeah. matter. And you're right. The corporations 
you know, look at what we saw when everything did shut down for those few weeks with COVID pollution cleared up in over areas and cities that we thought scientists thought was never going to be possible. And right. uh, without running the factories for a few days or weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just it's possible. It is all possible. We just all have to. Um, side note, uh, John Oliver just did a whole show on uh, Teflon. And so go check that out. Yeah. That is, oh my God. <laughs> a whole nother, yeah, a whole nother aspect of, yeah. Hmm. Hold on. I'll have to check. I say I don't know much so, about that one. Um, Go ahead. Uh, just to touch back on the, the biodegradable versus compostable in cannabis packaging. Um, so, or I mean, not biodegradable, but plastics versus compostable plastics. Those actually have to be sorted and they look exactly the same. So without knowing that a plastic is um, actually compostable, a lot of times it'll end up in a recycling center with other plastics and it's not, um, it's not actually plastic. So it actually can damage the batch of plastic that's being recycled while at the same time not being composted as was its original intent. So it's crazy. So the, 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 it's like this giant web of problems that a lot of it stems from just really needing a full scale shift. Um, uh oh, did she stop? Oh, I think I knew where she was going though, in terms of everybody all at once, which is really, really hard. Um, am I loading? You just went out for a second, but we caught uh, what you were saying. Uh, there, this is, I mean, I'm so, I'm so glad to bring you ladies on because literally I can't say it enough. I'm learning so much. These are things that I didn't even think that we were going to even, I thought, you know, we'll talk about this and, but it's so in depth, you could get into this, uh, the plastics, uh, problem for, (laughs) yeah. I mean, we could just go and go and go. Right. Um, I, I didn't think about the fact that they look exactly the same. And then if you're doing like a recycling or or like reusing that plastic to create something else, um, and there's, and there's not all plastic in that, that's going to, um, screw up the whole process basically. And then another problem with the compostable plastics is without having commercial composting facilities available to actually break those down, they tell you just to throw it in the landfill. And then at that point, like, yes, it's made of plant-based materials, but are we really better off because it's still being landfilled? It's not going to go anywhere. Um, I I know I've heard like Portland, I guess for a while they had, you know, the commercial composting, but they ran into that problem where they couldn't tell the difference between compostable and non-compostable. They had to hire. We have to mark our cannabis products. Maybe they should have to start. It should all be color coded is what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Color coding is nice and easy. Easy. Yes. There's so many better solutions to recycling in general that we have in school. We spent probably years alone just on the plastic section of it. And there's just like, like you ladies have mentioned, like there is so many terms and like greenwashing experiences with plastic and plastic in general, no matter if it's bioplastic, green plastic, whatever you want to call it, it's all plastic and it's all bad and it's not going to a good place. Single use sucks. Yeah, exactly. It's just so, it's just single use. And that's, I think it's so important with, with cannabis to just like really when dispensaries push, like exactly selling, I love tins too. Like tins and glass are things that I personally recycle all over my house. And it's like, these are things that people will reuse 
and you know like gift other people's things in like put your jewelry in it like if like you know yeah, i'll like yeah, right. give my girlfriend's geodes in them or something for a birthday present and it's just such a such a more presentation even. that was such yeah. a colorado thing to say i was <laughs> Such a Colorado thing to say, but everyone wants a beautiful geode. He said, I'm going to put my girlfriend's geodes in this tin. That there, there you go. Like, I mean, I love it. I, I, I too bath salts. I'm putting bath salts in here. Do you want my homemade bath salts in my tin? I love that. No, I absolutely love that idea. Um, but what about, what about, um, does hemp have a place in this conversation? Is it good? Is it bad? What what is I, I think it's good, but then we still have that compostable problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? If we could switch everything over to compostable materials, yeah. that would be great if we can color code them. Um, and then again, the commercial composting facilities to close the circle because we're still like we've got this linear economy that you know we're turning, but we've got to yeah they aren't and then lack of education you know, lack of education yeah the disconnect yeah. between the companies doing it the consumer using it and then what happens with it once it goes into uh the receptacle that you're dumping it into right right yeah there's yeah, a it's, huge it's, amount of disconnect and also i mean unfortunately um some of this stuff isn't going to be the most profitable at least at first you know like with most new things it's going to take some trial and error new systems need to be built big machines need to be engine literally engineered from the ground processing. up yeah um, so it's going to take investment dollars and there's not going to be a whole lot of return on that investment especially up front so you know finding the funding and people dedicated to fixing this problem specifically we're going to keep running into the same things like over and over again. But hemp is awesome for a lot of things. It's a great replacement for lumber. They're doing the hempcrete now. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it definitely has its place. I just don't know if in cannabis packaging with the way systems are right now that it that is its niche. I, I definitely think we should get there. Um, and there are a couple of companies. It's okay. Um, there's a couple of companies that are really working to help, you know, sort of close the cannabis plastics loop. Um, Santa Packaging definitely deserves a mention here. Um, they, there's uh, their team over there is really working hard to, you know, just basically stop virgin materials from being utilized for cannabis packaging to begin with. So only starting with recycled materials, which currently is not the mode of operation for most packaging manufacturers. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah there's there's hemp definitely has its place i guess is my point it's yeah not... you know i just believe it can save the world so i just want to see where oh, we're yeah. at on that for point. sure I agree. I agree as long as everyone gets their head out of their ass about what you know what's the, what the difference is right. um it's just like and we did we did try to reach out to santa packaging but it was we very did. last minute and hopefully yeah. we can maybe uh get him on there on here for um one of our little follow-up um you know sessions and uh yep absolutely yeah, just wanted to shout out because I don't know if yeah. anybody else. And they're also doing ocean plastic recovery yeah. as well. So they have a hemp um, line and ocean plastic. Yeah, that is so awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I look forward to him answering Hopefully my email. We'll see more people like them pop up because they started very small and they're growing. So there definitely is an appetite out there for it. There's definitely people willing to pay a little bit more, um, mm -hmm. knowing that what they're buying is having less of an impact. You know because. As everybody's mentioned, 
pretty much everything we do has an impact. We're just trying to lessen it to the degree that we can with the resources we have available and then keep working to build more resources. Right. Absolutely. So I know that um, Amy is dying to talk about this, but how, uh, how do, uh, how do, how does the growing um, of cannabis impact us? Um, and let's, and let's start with water. Let's start. Yeah. Growing. Oh my gosh. Growing is just such a, such an underspoken thing because it, we all are just looking at it like, oh my gosh, the grow offs, the grow offs here, there's grow offs there. Well, in just Denver alone, there are grow offs literally everywhere. So you can't escape them. Um, and so, I mean, the, the water is one thing it's it's the water it's the hvac systems it's you know the the things i mentioned earlier they're forced to grow them inside for the most part if they're large scale they'll be forced forcibly inside unless it's like miles away from anything and has huge fences again but um we are colorado so yes we do have tons of sun but you know we can't really utilize that as much if it's it's indoor because we do have winters so Mm -hmm. um it it is definitely tough and there's a year-round demand for cannabis so i totally get that and support that. I do love seeing this industry grow. It's just, it's such an interesting thing. Um, water alone definitely is a huge chunk. I mean, Colorado, anywhere um, in the West is already highly struggling with water. We right. Not, California owns most of our water. So for us, even, you know, tapping into it, we're showing our weed. <laughs> so right. it's just, it's a lot of water consumption in general. The power consumption alone too was really, really crazy. In school, um, I pulled up this time. It was a it's the Denver alone. Uh, the Department of Public Health released this. It was nine percent of total electricity in 2011 was for cannabis, and now oh it's God. like upwards of 25 percent um, of all of our electricity is just cannabis grows. Mm-hmm. So, and like that is that's crazy that we are growing that much weed, and we, I mean, that's that's my home. I love it. The only thing about adult use facilities plus medical facilities that were, you know, and um, and then just continuing to go from there. Yeah, I just I just want to make a point about the the. Listen, I was saying earlier before we came on the show, I don't know how long the West is going to survive in this game there are droughts and there are fires, right? So it's like all dry and everything's burning down. We're borrowing water from each other, which great, we should be doing. But also like, think about the impact that that has if we got to ship water in, right? What does that take? And what, what kind of impact does that have? Bringing water in is such a tough thing too, and we have to we have to do that because we're looking at um, that where to bring it, and that's that turns to larger larger systems that we rely on like desalination processes because soon we're going to have to go to the ocean. You know, like we can't we can only tap into aquifers so many times. Right. Um, people can own aquifers though. Um, privatization of water is dangerous in my opinion. Um, I think, you know, the state of Montana, where my family lives, I think I like love, like just talking about their river systems, because, you know, no one can own the rivers there versus in Colorado, anyone can own the river and you can, you know, you can barb it, you can bar people's access to it, you can, you can make your section dangerous to the public even, and like, that also directly relates to overconsumption. 
Um, and that's just even personal use, but then we get into cannabis use too. If, you know, if these big companies, big corporations are getting into people, big landowners mm -hmm. with water access, you know, our longevity is going to be tough. So looking at the desalination thing is a whole other world of it. And it's super scary. And I think it's definitely water is something that I think all cannabis companies and all industries alone should be mm -hmm. focusing on first and foremost in the West is right now, like, what are we going yeah. to do five to 10 years from now when we can't tap into the Colorado River system? Yeah, I think Definitely. even that people don't think about um, what it takes to the, the amount of water that it takes to recycle or to process, you know, other you know, things. So um, that in itself, we do have to be thinking about water and rain and the ecosystem and why when we build, you know, concrete jungles that we don't have rain somewhere. Um, it's because you you stopped the ability to up that uh, yeah. uptake. Um, well, I did just a little article. educational moment about rain and why it rains in places is all because of terpenes, you guys. <laughs> It's about communication. If you don't have plants to communicate their needs or release those chemicals, then we're not going to get the rain. And so this is what she says. That's what she means when she says we have these concrete jungles and then there's no rain. Well, no shit, because there's no plants. There's no trees. There's no, there's nothing calling for the rain. There's no chemical release for that rain. In college, one of my professors always told us that the weather comes from the ground up. Yes. Always fascinating. I did not know that. <laughs> Circle. Um, so I did find a uh, see an article uh, from MJ Biz Daily that actually talks about how some California growers are trying to combat the drought situation and what they're doing and, and systems that they're putting in place. Um, it actually says cannabis producers are turning to retention ponds um, and then building up those systems uh, of reservoirs to start storing waters for those growing seasons. Um, it's a pretty in-depth article and I'll try to actually get it from one place to the other and, and, uh, and link it. Um, but one of the little quotes that made the most sense to me in regard to the impact of water, um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Mm -mm -mm. I have some of those. Oh, there's a lot more of this article that I did not go through. <laughs> I was like, oh crap. Um, so much happening, but they were actually just, it goes into the depth of what they're trying to do. Um, um, I have that article too, I think. I'm not sure, but I think I did. I meant to pull the actual quote out because I knew that was going to happen, that I wasn't going to be able to find it once I wanted to actually pull um, it out. Um, but I will actually just post the article into. Um, I just want to say that before. they're rethinking how they use water more efficiently so that um, so so that, you know, because if we have to borrow it from other, other people and that's going to impact our footprint, too, we have to see how we can use it more efficiently so that we um, don't lose anything. We don't waste anything. Um, if you put that article into the chat, because it breaks it all down for you in there also. That's another thing too, that I think that even we we're talking about, I think more and more people are going to start purchasing more mindful. And that's another thing that a dispensary can start to advertise in their grow yes. offices. Like we are safely and trying to be mindful, mindful about our water consumption. And, you know, if they're, if they're making note of it, it's another, it's another selling point. Like people kind of, they want that. And I think that we're on the rise of that. Um, mm -hmm. People are going to start wanting products that 
they don't feel it's attractive about. it's very very attractive um you guys a question i'm i'm saying i said can i ask you a question when yeah you yeah um, so I was just thinking about it and there's a ton of research in like agricultural crops to find like drought resistant strains and stuff. Is there mm. that type of research being done in the cannabis field for like various growing conditions and stuff? I just maybe not here. I think I don't think I don't think on a large scale. I know people that are looking at that, like growers who are interested in those things. Um, but I don't think like on a large scale that that's being considered at all. But really, um, when we, this is one of the things that I actually do want to talk about, but I want to bring in some, some people who are actually, um, like have been cultivating for years and years is, um, how overbreeding is actually impacting us as well. Because when we overbreed these plants, then just so we can get like a larger THC content, for example, we're, we're trying to get higher THC, higher THC. And to me, that's overbreed. Somebody can disagree with me if you want to. Um, it's fine. Um, but I, I feel like it's not really conscious breeding, at least, um, because it's also when we're doing that, we're, we're negating um, some of the factors that are important with the plant. First of all, um, having a multitude of cannabinoids and terpenes is super important um, for you as a consumer. But when we talk about the plant itself, it's actually um, in original design, it's designed to protect itself from predators. It's, it's designed um, to protect itself from drought. It's designed to stay resilient through, um, you know, if there's like a powdery mildew outbreak or a mold or, or bacteria around, it's the plant um, is, is made to um, resist those things. But if we continue to breed and breed and breed and breed and breed just to get this thing, to get this effect, then we're going to breed out some of the other effects. That means that we're going to have to use uh, maybe more chemical pesticides or more, you know, we'll order more bio bugs. That's a packaging issue. We could talk about it. Um, so, but still, it's still like, there's all these things extra that we would have to do. You might have to water it more because it needs more water and it can't sustain a drought. It can't handle it. So now we got to bring in more water for this plant. It might need a different um, amount of light or different types of lights aren't going to work as well or something like that. You know, it just different things. Um, happen when you do this over and over again without being conscious about it. I don't. What do you? What do you ladies have any opinions on that at all? I'm a big supporter of the the like the cannabis that will require the least amount of water is probably the oldest of our strains that we are holding on to. Mm -hmm. um, I think I I totally agree with that because they are going to be the ones that are going to be um, the most resilient to the droughts, to the the environmental factors, to the sunlight, to the lack of sunlight. They're they're adapted. And I think it's, it's also, it could, it could get so complex if you're looking at, you know, like which strains are like native ish to your mm -hmm. region. I think those areas are a little gray with like, we know where our land race strains come from, of course, but like, you know, which one can I like actually get access to these days in 2021? Right. Right. Like, it's very difficult to get hard. access to a land race. Yeah. That's well, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of, there are a couple of different, um, you know, research. I know that there was a woman that did the South African land, uh, land race strains. Dr. B actually has her contact information. 
we should sit down with her. Um, and he's actually going over to Nepal and we've been building on a thing to try and start researching um, the natural growth of the plant in Nepal. Where is it being grown the best? Why is it being the, the environmental factors? And if they were to bring uh, you know, cannabis back to Nepal in the medical and uh, you know, research way that they will allow for it, um, what's gonna happen? You know, or what's going to happen if they legalize cannabis there, and um, will it, you know, will it be affected? So these are, I think, internationally what we're thinking of. We don't even think about it when we're talking about our our um, indoor grows and our our warehouses and uh, you know the things here. And you know, wouldn't that be amazing if they allowed for greenhouses here, open, you know, like. Uh, sunroof greenhouses mm -hmm. for us to actually use that if they can't, you know, there's in one of the other articles I was reading, they talked about solar being a beneficial, you know, if we are running these indoor grows, they should be required to use solar power. Yeah, absolutely. They should. Yeah. You know, so these are regulations and being in the room and uh, what people can be uh, lobbying and you know, people are lobbying for it. The companies are lobbying for their ways. These packaging companies, you know, that I, I heard a rumor that in Colorado that, when all this packaging talk started that the person that was involved happened to own a packaging company and lo and behold, wouldn't you think that, yeah, that, yeah. that all of a sudden we are, are inundated with these um, packaging requirements. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's insane. Um, some of the, I mean, I mean, well, you, you know, I always say follow the rules until we change the rules. Um, really, but here's my thing. Here's my thing. We have these, um, different, uh, sustainability practices. Do, do some of them like impact each other in a, ne like in this negative way where it's just like, it does like, what, what do we do? Like when we talk about solar panels, right. And everything there's, there's some kind of impact there, right. That is not. Oh, it's yeah, um, I have a whole bunch of friends actually that work. I kind of saw your industry. face, and that's why I'm asking this yeah. question. <laughs> I have a whole lot of friends that work in the solar industry, and and it is like it's a great concept. But then you hear about how you know it's all the panels are non-recyclable at the end, and I I don't know. It was kind of like there is like a little there everything. Everything has this like dark little seedy underground, and unfortunately, we don't have a perfect solution. You know, the sun. <laughs> we make so. take care of the earth. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I mean, everybody <laughs> has to care. I think part of the problem is, is that um, it's the batteries and it's difficult to make it easy because of the like a lot of these things that we talk about, they make life so much more convenient. Right. And and sometimes sometimes convenience is the sale. Right. And sometimes we're at a point in the in that in the that the convenience is almost a necessity convenience is killing us though right i mean we're all we're all sitting here on our necessity to have this conversation right and so um and so yeah i just i always thought about like with recycling programs because i've always heard from people um who are more educated than i am in this subject of sustainability that um that the recycling program is kind of Nah, it's kind of bunk, you know, um, that most things don't get recycled, that a lot of things end up in a mm -hmm. landfill. We are living Wally right now. If y'all have not seen that movie, please go watch it. It was like it was like a, a glimpse One into our future. And 
and I don't think enough of you have seen oh, it. I just um, watched Idiocracy the other day for the first time with the trash avalanche and everything. Like it was yes. like the future is real and it starts now and this is scary and we're this headed is, that way. Happening. Like we like said, Wally, yeah. Wally's even beyond Idiocracy. Like yeah, yeah. these movies that are showing us what could be. It's real. This is, like, this is it's actually happening right now. Yeah. It's based yeah. in reality. Um, Y'all haven't seen Ready Player One or read the read the book or listened to it. It talks about that whole like what happens when um, we destroy ourselves when um, energy when uh, oil energy is no longer available to us. Well, that's why that's one? why trillionaires yeah. are ex looking for another place to live. That's yeah. why that's happening. It talks about well, that is, too. Is a, a billionaire company like yeah, you can like use you could use your money to save this planet, or I, it's more cost effective for you to look for a new one. Great. Okay. I, I really feel like yeah, everybody's escaping. I feel like I feel the answers are in our oceans. Honestly, we'd like. Space exploration is great, but I feel we need to be spending more money in the oceans because, like, like you go deep to fix, you go inside to fix, right? Li like, living like SpongeBob. Like, there's um, answers in there somewhere. Yeah, oh, yeah. Big believer of deep. Find Atlantis. And the ocean has so many answers to so many of our problems. It's it's amazing. I think that that's some, something so overrated to loop back to our. Uh, you mentioned fair the um, the bad sides of the um, of all of our sustainability practices that we're adapting to. Mm -hmm. um, they all have such horrible ones that we kind of all have learned about in school, like are all just kind of like, like, you know, the whole green plastics and the bioplastics. It's been like such a toxic cycle that we got into that was, you know, almost like irreversible. My like side view on that is I think if anyone's talking about it and if even trying and being mindful with your plastic, you're taking a step towards the positive direction. But right. I don't think any of those things are good. But it's like solar panels. I don't quote me on this, but I believe we have to. It's a finite source that we have to mine to make them. Yeah. So you know, it, it, that's that like that mining process. I mean, mining alone like is not. That's already a dangerous activity. And then you know we have to. Again, we can't recycle these things, and it's uh, just like what a what can we do to like not avoid the, to avoid does, this mate. <laughs> Um, well, and you got wave. Like we could use the waves in the ocean for energy. There's water energy, water That's mills. As I said, mills. You still have the battery storage, which is still yeah, yeah. But I was gonna ask that. I was gonna ask if the benefits outweigh the the cost. Which the cost is that we have to mine these materials, and this thing is not recyclable. Once once it's done, it's done. But does it does is it a good enough energy source to to make you know that not the the use of energy not not as yeah what's the longevity so, of the solar like, panel something i heard about recently and i think it was it was still a new but some guy came up with a hemp battery where you know it's like your lithium batteries are so powerful whatever but lithium mining is horrible well this guy found a hemp battery um that was so many more times and i don't know my numbers but hugely more powerful than this lithium battery you know if we could utilize sources like this to hold the energy for you know your windmills or your whatever right. i don't know i comes back to him to find a way to get rid of that mining side of it you know how do you store yeah. it mm -hmm. well and like with most new things like when when uh dvd players first came out they were like gigantic you know they took up a lot of space and as the technology increased the resources necessary to get the same output decreased so hopefully we're moving in 
a direction that's away from coal. And I don't know that like, I don't know that solar or wind or any of them are the answer, maybe all of them together. Biodiversity, biodiversity yeah. is key with everything, I feel. Yeah. Like yes. we need a little bit of it all. The more answers, yeah. the better. Exactly. Yeah, because everything's not gonna work. You know, like I can't use ocean power here in Missouri. I mean, unless we get the grid in such a way that y'all don't take it before it gets there, you know. But along those coasts, that's a great alternative. We have a lot of rivers here though, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you know, different different places are gonna have different solutions and developing seriously as like end game development of a variety of stuff rather than just saying, hey, let's toss all our money into, you know, solar investment or whatever. Um I think you right. guys yeah, we, we we just need the diversified investments in everything because there is not one answer because it's just this web that we discussed earlier just so many different too much of anything is a bad thing yeah right one thing is not the solution it's not a it's not an end all it's just we have to look at it holistically as a whole system yeah. um i think men you know kind of running off what you said Kristen, in regard to things growing so quickly like even just in the packaging like um product development and the products that are being created did you know that one of the new regulations in colorado that one gram of concentrate is now going to be have to be separated into no less than 10 portions what? show your mouth how do you even how do you do that? It's like, happening. How do you take this and put it into 10 portions and make that? Do you have to like make a cake and I mean, you like cut it? Remember those like, like little candies with the dots that you would peel that's off? Yes. 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 You know, maybe that's, that's, really, that's a great idea. You I would say innovate and there are some, there's a company, at least one company, right? That's making something called like dab tabs or something. Right. So that might be the solution. But then we eliminate um, sauces and sugars. And what does that mean for like pen pens or like syringes yeah. with the I don't know. Um, these do these go into effect January first, twenty twenty two. And so I was actually just talking to G about this and we have to go over some some regulation stuff, but how it impacts you. Okay, so we're looking the the, the government is looking at it in terms of um, how consumers are using it. That uh, you know getting it in one big lump sum is is gonna you know really hurt uh, that consumer. You know, but I'm like, that makes it easier for them to sell their little, like, you know, pieces to yeah. their person. Oh, give me five bucks for my, your dot. Give me five bucks for your dot. Uh, you know, it's, it's, they're saying that they're, they're creating these safety measures to uh, stop this younger, the younger uh, ages from um, resaling it. Yeah, but and if, you, if you break a gram exactly up like you said, little, it's already, <laughs> it's distributed now. You can distribute yeah. it now. It's very clear that whoever makes a lot of JT says that clutch and dab tabs are lame. And I would like an explanation on why you think they're lame. Um, So, so yeah, I mean, this, this goes back to that packaging thing where now they got to come up with a new way to package this Mm -hmm. product. And what does that look like? And, and how do you make it child? You know, you got to make sure that it's childproof, opaque packaging, um, and now you got to make sure that, I mean, the edibles companies did it, but then you see the look, look what they look at their, their packaging is different. And they had to like create this whole new thing. 
I mean, I've seen some pretty cool like cardboard, you know, I'm sure the Santa packaging has it, you know, things going on, but like I have seen some pretty cool products um, that you didn't utilize plastic or plastic or tins is recycled right. cardboard or whatever and um and minimize the plastic um <laughs> and I think the apps other... taste like pizza because they recycled some Domino's boxes i don't see the problem actually <laughs> uh, the grease the grease on the cardboard it gums everything up so like any food well, i meant, I meant having pizza with dabs i was just oh. making a joke oh, but that's yeah. a good observation <laughs> well i was thinking. thinking about the little circle dab cut into pizza slices someone's mm -hmm. gonna have to like do a pizza stamp so that you got got like 10 little yeah. triangles or something i don't know i, I feel like it eliminates a lot of the mediums that we use and rely on and enjoy for various reasons. Yeah. I wish that the regulatory, whoever's they are, would just get together and all agree that we can just use, reuse packaging. Like if we're doing deli style, why can't a customer bring in the jar that they want to keep their ounce in? Why can't I refill it there? Why right. you know, if they bring it in empty? I don't even care if they bring it in half. So why can't I refill that? You know what I mean? Like, why is that right. an issue for them? Especially if it's empty. And I then, think they look at it like in the food, maybe in a, in terms of sanitation. And if that person then takes their product home with what you there and, and something happens and there's no way for you as a facility to say, uh, -uh that wasn't us. You brought us a package that had stuff in it. Okay. Um, I mean, okay. I okay. But like, I mean, I'm just going to create a whole new issue here, but you know, when you go to the bar, you use a glass that somebody else has used right? They just, they, they, they wash it. And, right. and so if we wash them, like, if we, like, okay, you can't use this jar you just brought in. But they say you have to, there's actually like a specific kind of like LED, like a blue light kind of thing, that sanitation thing that you would have to put it through. And the, the whole, uh, you know, it's an, exp it's another expense. We're creating more and you problems. You can do it, <laughs> you know, but, um, we, you know, at, when I was, uh, you know, when I worked at the dispensary down in Denver, that was something when all of this came about, I was like, what the fuck? And I started like trying to brainstorm things. I'm like, oh, can we, can we re reuse these? And they're like, no, um, we can take it in and recycle it and do a point system and try to make it, you know, so the, you know, uh, encourage um, people to bring in their um, containers, but to reuse them, no, we weren't allowed to. We I mean, there are, I, um, it's a smaller, but the same is that I get my little plastic baggies and I put it into my big safe bag and then I take it home and I redistribute it into my, you know, drams that I've collected from other facilities that have, you know, um, you know, they, that's what they give you and you can't the sandwich bags not else. recyclable right not even recyclable uh, if you take it to like a grocery store type where they have all place. the plastic bag recycling right. stuff right yeah but not in oh. your regular at home no recycling. so so like sometimes to not put give you all that bulky packaging they'll put it in a in like a plastic bag and then put that into your whatever zipper bag right and I'm just thinking like, we have this huge impact. I don't, I don't know what, what, I mean, I know one step at a time, but okay. So for, for each of you, this question, how do we as consumers not feel overwhelmed by the, by the, by all of it? Like, you know, as just like, what do we do? Like do plastic bags recycle, we can't recycle. It's just like, 
it's frustrating. Do what do we do? Do we we still we still do the things? We educate um, ourselves. My favorite answer to this because it comes up a lot where like people will find out that you know I work with a race to trace or whatever, and they'll start out, like apologizing for things that they do still, and I usually will just cut them off and say stop. You know what you have to figure out in your own life what makes sense. So if it makes sense that you have a grocer that will refill your, you know, detergents, then then do that. And if that makes sense for you, then do it. If reusable shopping bags are your are your gig, go for it. It's about figuring out what fits into your life and then, you know, just making that effort. You don't have to do everything all at once. You don't have to be a vegan. You don't have to, you know, have these like insane you know, structures that you have to go around. You just do what you can in your life and in your routine and just, you know, make the effort to improve, you know, give yourself a goal. Like once a year, I'm going to add a couple more things to my list. And as it becomes routine, the things you did last year are just part of how you do it now, you know, mm -hmm. and that's my favorite answer because it, it's there again, it, there's not one right answer. There's just not. When those conscious actions start becoming the subconscious habits. Yeah. Yeah. And they affect people. Yeah, I, think it, it, I think it's also just, it's so important to not look at it like, like all, all at once, kind of just like what, right. what you're saying, you know, you don't want to look at Feels it all just step by like, step. yeah, it's overwhelming. So mm -hmm. I, I like, I love that answer too. It's, you know, it's just like whatever you can fit into your life. I think that's what's, that's what's, important and you know like kind of what we're talking about like i think the talking of changing people's mindsets this communication about sustainability topics is so valuable because it makes us all a little bit more mindful about like the next behavior that we make and the next decision that we make um and i just think that that's that's really yeah. What we can do. The education yeah. programs, I think that that, you know, the visibility and showing people, you know, yes, we can take these little steps and just exactly what you guys are doing with Erase the Trace and just being there in the communities and showing them and being a, an example and actually showing that, uh, yep, it's just all we can, if, if all we can do is pick up the, the, gar the, the, the garbage and dispose of it properly, then that's what we can do. Um, and everyone can do that. I mean, I know in Colorado, uh, you know, every um, every spring there's a mass you know community cleanups in every area where there's a set week that you, there's communities going out to clean up you know everything that's been thrown out through the winter and is now in the snow melt and, and on the side of the road. You see it all now. Um, yeah, and. Um, and so I think, and I, even just uh, events here, you know, so I do live in a mountain town where things are, you know, they try to be conscious because, uh, you know, I'm in a ski resort. There is that mass consumption, uh, you know, mm -hmm. but we're also out in nature and, and uh, you know, so people want to take that, um, take that conservatory um, effort. Conservatory and um, and um, so they have like at concerts. Am I echoing? Yes. I don't know why you is started. Is that better? Can you hear me? Yes better i can't hear you guys now though okay that's me oh well we'll see what happens um that at concerts and such they have the tent set up and someone's standing there saying okay you go ahead and drop it in that receptacle or in that one or in that hole and um you know that's this is a bottle and and it's again something that each individual can take home or not 
Mm-hmm. And um, and it's just a but like I said, even here, I think, too, was getting other people on board with my system. I'm composting. Don't put any you know, food in the garbage. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what can go, go in the compost? And even though I have the compost pint, uh, sign printed out from my local composting uh, you know, facility, what of what can go in our compost? And I have it right there on my compost bin. You can put all this stuff in here. If you have a question about it, leave it on the counter. Um, but. I can't sit there and police people that come into my house that aren't my, you know, I mean, I would put my garbage out. I would beg yeah. to differ with that. I would say you can police anybody you want in your house. It's your house. <laughs> it's yeah. your house. I do have signs posted everywhere. So just so we're clear. I actually, when I lived in Greece, um, my mom would come to visit and I would like call her about a week before she came to visit to tell her that she needed to start throwing away her toilet paper and not flushing it because she will clog my, my, my pipe. So you, you got to throw that stuff away and you just got to be like really clean about it and keep everything like really sanitary around your space or whatever, but you can't flush toilet paper and stuff in certain areas. And I lived, I didn't live in like a city. I didn't live um, in Athens or anything. I lived in like a small little town. <laughs> so, a little village. A little, yeah. So, um, yeah, you can police people in your house is the point of me telling that story. Um, but I was going <laughs> to say, you had made a comment about um, about the, the programs. I think that to... I, I had said earlier that in order to get the public involved, we're going to like, it has to be easy, you know, or, or the public's not going to do it. Generally speaking. I mean, people that devote their lives and actually give a shit are going to do it or at least attempt it in the best way possible. But generally speaking, if it's not super easy and not in this country, anyway, if you're listening from a different country, kudos to you, but in this country, we want convenience. So I was thinking, and I've always thought this, that um, it could be really like a job creation, if you will, um, that, you know, people don't wash their recycling and it ends up in the landfill. But if we had that job, somebody would do it. Also, by the way, just because I like to harp on it and just because I think it's important, pay your people living wage. Listen, your burger is not going to cost that much more if you pay the people serving it to you a living wage. Neither is your cannabis, by the way. Also, the reason you got to wait in line for an hour to get your Wendy's burger right now is because Wendy's, a very rich corporation that contributes to the, the impact on the environment hugely, more hugely than any of us um, together um, do, they, they won't pay their people a living wage. And that's why you have to wait in line for a half hour. And they can really not increase the cost of your burger by, and, and still do it. And that's, that's my, that's my, I'm a stand on that cannabis industry do better. Really. I'm tired of seeing 12 and $13 wages. That's BS. And you know, it's BS and I know it's BS. So stop it. It is not sustainable whatsoever to be paying people 12, $13 an hour at all and butt tending is like i i have done it for years and you know you are on your feet you have long days you are helping people you are like working out at an italian restaurant you're laying wine all day you know you are let's not let's not even talk about the the job itself let's talk about the job itself you have to get a background check 
you have to wear a badge. You are under the, the you are under scrutiny for everything oh you God. do. If you screw up, like literally it could cost you your livelihood. Are yeah. you kidding me that you're not paying these people at least $15? By the way, minimum wage should be $25 an hour. You can argue with me if you want to, but look at inflation and look at the raise of minimum wage. Inflation kept going up. Minimum wage did not. And if it had at the rate of inflation, it would be about $25 an hour. Don't argue with me. I know I'm talking about a little bit. So I think the cannabis industry could make could use a set it set itself up to be a good example though. Like if we made it our wages sustainable for people, why aren't we people looking at us then? Because people are gonna want to work in cannabis and cannabis is gonna continue to grow if people can pay their bills in cannabis. And that's like something all dispensaries there have you know, trimmers need to be paid livable wages and like it needs to balance out with the butt tender tips and it needs to go all the way down to the extract and the growers and it needs to trickle everywhere i can't like the wealth needs to be a little bit more spread the minimum wage anybody touching that plant should be paid and to concentrate on that plant yep. and and that's it they shouldn't have to have another job they shouldn't be out here door dashing or they or shouldn't be in their own grows trying to sling party. weed on the side nah, exactly. they shouldn't have to do any of that that's just you know what? They should be they should be growing at home for themselves, and for that's themselves. you know they don't have to hustle it or nothing. Like literally, you want them to concentrate the most on the thing that is the most important. Especially if you're, let, I see some of the wages y'all are offering in cultivation centers. I can't with y'all. I can't. I cannot. This is the most important part of the process. I cannot, especially those uh, companies that have multiple levels to their business. It's a dispensary. It's a um, processing center you got a kitchen you got to grow shut up pay them okay sorry it's, it's my hill i'm gonna die on <laughs> it's my hill i'm gonna die but again on. when you, you know, it's not, it's, it helps with that whole idea of like being taken care of being able to offer loyalty being able to you know <laughs> you know sustain and be happy in life you know we're just working for the dollar, but not you know getting to do anything but be mad at our employer for not paying us enough because we're sitting here busting our ass, you know. Then our mind turns to okay, well, what else can I do that, you know? And then that employer ends up on the losing side, and they have to it costs more to retrain a new employee. It costs you more money. Well, it's and so we're a medical state here. We don't have recreational, but we're working on that. But I stand fast by most, not, okay, I don't want to say most, but a lot of people that use cannabis recreationally are actually also using it medicinally. So uh, everybody, that's a, yes, everybody is. But, everybody. <laughs> but You've ever had a beer like, or a glass of wine after you know, work? It's, it's the like same a doctor. It's, it's a big it's, job and it's a big responsibility and the pay should be commiserate with the level of responsibility that's being placed on these people. If yeah. you give somebody the wrong strain, if you tell somebody like me that, oh, well, this is an indica and it's a sativa, I'm going to freak out because I just, they give me high levels of anxiety and I don't enjoy it at all. And then I've just wasted my money and had a bad day because somebody yes. didn't do their job right because they didn't get paid enough to care. And, and that's you, not okay. That's not okay. And since you said that, and since you said that, if we're going to make laws on cannabis, listen, I think that um, that there should be cannabis community members, people that are involved in the advocacy, not the business. OK, that's not what I'm saying, but the advocacy at, at 
at some level should be involved with um, helping create these regulations because um, we're wasting money on things that don't matter and not putting money into things that do matter, like testing that plant for everything that it's got so that you know that um, so that you know that what you're getting is going to help you relax and is not going to creep on your anxiety. And the way you will know that is because you know the level of cannabinoids percentage wise that are in your plant and the level of terpenes that are in your plant. Now I'm at home, so technical difficulties is what happens. We don't have many places that actually release terpene profiles here yet, so unfortunately we they're not required to. It's very rare here in Colorado. They're not required. They're not required. Yeah, that's a shame. it's just um, now at this point that because the discussions of it, um, you know, in the social aspect and, and uh, you know, our cannabis communities, it drives it now, you know, it's kind of a trickle down and more uh, you know, specific companies will note the profile or, you know, but I, I mean, nine times out of 10, if I walk into a facility and they brought in someone's wholesale and I ask them about the terpene profile, they don't know their facility didn't let them try the product. No one gave them notes on it. There's, they get the THC testing and maybe a, a you know, and maybe the CBD testing. Um, but now it's a range, you know, the way that Colorado makes you test is that they have to test it X amount of times. And then they give you a range of what that was. And then you get to guess. It's just like, it's just like, it's, it's, it's there, there it's, it's, there's a lot of, I don't know. I, Another There's conversation. so much to unpack <laughs> with this industry. It lit and everything because if you require terpene testing, right? If you require also additional terpene testing, cannabinoid testing, then that's going to cost more money. So, like, what I think would it will happen when people hear these conversations is they go, "Well, we should be requiring the terpene testing," and so then they require the testing for additional cannabinoids and terpenes, right? But then they don't take away the cost of other things that are absolutely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So, like childproof like, packaging for, yeah, like <laughs> certain come on, not being able to recycle our containers or reuse our containers. I mean, those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they would really change everything. I apologize to the West Coast. We de- absolutely missed. Um, uh, you know, seven minutes in, I was like, oh, oh and then totally blew by it. Yeah. Um, I did want to um, just kind of mention this kind of goes back to a more the growing aspect. But there is this as I was doing some research, there's a, a group called the Cannabis Conservancy. And they're actually um, a certification group that helps with sustainability in grows, uh, you know, for cultivation. Um, they're committed to the science and the, you know, of sustainability. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, it's still, uh, you know, capitalizing on it there it's a paid service certification kind of thing, but they're educating on plant sustainability. Um, and so I thought that was pretty cool, uh, to, to see that there are collective groups out there thinking about this plant. I mean, we are not the yes. only ones. We there there is this huge community of trying to preserve genetics, um, making sure that those land race strains or those you know uh, yes, are not uh, breeded out. I mean, we I've seen it. I've seen uh, you know grows with beautiful mother plants and then some grower that didn't care let it die. No, or, you know, or, you know, or natural disease happens, you know, things happen, you know, 
And so, but being able to have someone that cares enough to say, oh, I recognize that there's a genetic deficiency here or something's going on with this plant. I need to take care of it so that we can maintain this. Um, I think that these younger growers that call themselves master growers, I want to smack them. You can be a stellar grower, but there is a, you know, there, you know, in the terms of agriculture and, and what, you know, professionals, you know, what a master grower is, you know, it's education time, you know, it's, you can't can't be 20, you know, 21 years old and be a master grower. You haven't been long enough. You haven't known enough about you've been growing you've been since you five? A master grower, son. Um, been growing sorry. since they're five years old. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the whole master grower term is such a funky thing. I got my permaculture design certificate in college as well, which I shout out to permaculture. I think permaculture and weed go hand in hand. We can yeah. like perfectly learn how to grow weed sustainably, but Oh my gosh, the master grower thing in weed is just this, this whole thing. It's again, it goes back to this terminology that does it. It's yeah. starting to not mean anything, you know? Right. Oh, but to back off where Megan, Megan was, um, there is there is another, uh, there's a cannabis sustainability work group based in Denver. Um, just another yeah. group of people that are really kind of trying to change the mindset around this. And they just, in 2019, they released the Cannabis Environmental Best Management Practices Guide. Um, to provide cannabis businesses with an idea of sustainable and environmentally environmental environmentally friendly practices. So, um, the, um, Colorado Ag, or they did actually just make a regulation that is going to allow for Colorado, you know, the waste, the fibroids and such, to be disposed better or uh, utilized. And so, um, there's a win there. And I think that that group was so. a, a, had a big hand in it. I was reading um, that article actually, and um, you know. That yes, that it's interesting that our the you know, Colorado government is thinking about sustainability and in that sense, but then yes. passing regulations in regard to ten separate freaking you know yeah programs. like what is that what is that and uh, you know, and I don't even know how that affects cartridges and and uh, you know, other things we already have the the limitations on our edibles mm -hmm. and how those are packaged so. Um, but this drives home our, always our conversation of be in the room um, of why yes. and how these things are happening. Um, pay attention. You know, they do yeah. have like sign up to be a stakeholder, get stakeholder, uh, you know, messages in regard to what's going on. I mean, they usually come. 12 hours ahead of the actual meeting. So you can't make it down from the mountains because you yeah. have to plan. Yeah. But yeah. So, you know, but um, hopefully the, everything will start to be online too. Um, yeah. So whatever state you're in, um, regardless of whether or not you have legalization, I imagine that uh, one of your councils, your city council, your county council, your county commission, whatever, are they're having the conversations. They're having those conversations. And if they allow you to be a part of those conversations, then you should be a part of those conversations. Or at least if they allow you to listen, be in the room if you can, because um that's part of the problem with these regulations is that we're not there. We're not there to say, nah, that doesn't really make sense for this plant or that doesn't really make sense for, you know, the way that this medicine works or the way we can purchase it. Seriously. The way that I get to, you know, if I live far away from my dispensary, I can't purchase extra amount of flour and my extra right. amount at the same time on the same day. Right. Well, and then also regulations can do stuff like, I don't know, get rid of mylar line bags entirely because, you know, plastic, glass, metal, all of these things can be recycled if done properly. 
the pouches that a lot of stuff comes in, especially here in Missouri, um, it's just trash. It's always been, there's nothing else that can be done with it. So um, even putting something small like that in place is just such an uphill battle because then you're like, okay, so now we have literally the plastics lobby industry um, fighting against our little, you know, Missouri they're, fighting. <laughs> they're not only fighting. Hey, listen, this is how this is how it is, everybody. Listen, you have to be a good person. You just have to be yeah. and you have to keep fighting. You just have to. Because let me tell you something. These plastic lobbyists are a part of your group. They're also lobbying for what you're lobbying for. They're in both groups. They're just they're playing the odds right now. They're they're in our groups. These these um, these tobacco lobbyists. These pharmaceutical lobbyists, they're in our groups lobbying for cannabis and they're in their groups lobbying against cannabis. You understand what's happening right now? They're playing, they're playing the end game. They're playing to see what happens. Well, and like there's a lot of there to just make money on both sides of the argument and they don't care who wins. The outcome doesn't affect them in any way because they're going to get paid regardless. Exactly. That's the effect to them is that they're going to get paid regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Why we can't move forward with stuff like this. Sorry, it's fairly challenging. I won't say can't because we can hold out hope that we can move forward. I well, have to say, thing, so if we're making regulations while we're making regulations up, can we, you know, and that's while we're making regulations, <laughs> while we're making things up, uh, can if we y'all are listening, <laughs> may want to get a pen. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, anything, I mean, I feel like we've covered a lot and probably could keep on. We could go on for hours. Anything that we missed I, that anyone wants to touch on or. Um, we didn't talk too much about lights, but um, a lot of facilities are turning to LED to um, try to, you know, be better uh not, try not to waste energy basically be have have be better at that um so we're seeing a lot of that happening they're going from like the hps lights which use a hell of a lot of energy mm-hmm. um and a lot of power to leds which are um more efficient. Yeah, they're better they're more yeah. efficient yeah. yeah so now y'all got to learn how to grow under leds congratulations good luck, good luck <laughs> some people do it fire and some people don't. Some moves in the right direction. That's what's yeah. that's conscious meds. Um, I think that yeah, LEDs change the heat output too. You yes. know, so then you're talking about less uh, AC, uh, you know, um, output when for those areas that need a cooler climate. Or um, you know, we were talking about East Coast versus West Coast. You know, um, East Coast having more damp, more moisture, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and having to combat that in a grow uh, and the energy efficiency that or the energy that is put out to combat that the products the you know the that are that are supposed to help with that um, that goes into the whole different about yeah, there's like two different sides spectrum. yeah there's two different sides of the totally discussion there in regard spectrum. to um, sustainable growing um, and uh, yeah. you're gonna have more issues with bacteria and mildew you're gonna have more issues with pests you're gonna have um, you know more moisture issues. 
Um, so like bud rot and things like that. Cause your plant is in too moist of an environment. When I was, um, on the road all the time, one of the things I always suggested, uh, when I was, um, in, on, on the East coast or even in the Midwest, uh, was smaller plants, smaller plants, uh, small to medium, because you don't want these. Well, actually, and I feel like, um, you know, the West coast is kind of abiding that too, a little bit where you're seeing smaller plants, but with huge output. Um, but, but mostly because, um, in humid climates, you don't want these big old honking. I mean, they're beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you don't want these big old honking buds because then, um, they don't dry dry properly. And then the inside rots out basically. And it's useless. You can't. I think that's why there's the trimming system. I think that, you know, uh, a set of growers I knew they would bu- go ahead and bucket off. They'd all cut it down so yeah. that, and then they dry it on their trays instead of letting it hang. Right. You know, so the, just the different ways to cure a plant that the growers go through mm-hmm. to provide it. It's just, uh, you know, it's just better. I think in, in those more moist climates to have a, you know, smaller flowers, but more flowers. So I'm not saying tiny flowers. I'm not talking about. No, popcorn. and then there's those strains that are strain. You know, you I have little popcorn buds that might be more conducive Listen. to the different environments. You know, or I'm gonna sit here and say that I haven't had some popcorn kick my my ass a little Heck bit. Yeah, no, it's not that. always. That you would be about, a lot. <laughs> I, mean, I like I like big buds and all that good stuff, but yeah. I like the popcorn too. I mean, it's all about variety. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that you ladies wanted to cover that we didn't even talk about? Is there anything that we missed or that we didn't think about? Um, I did want to answer. There was a question asked earlier, how long does a solar panel's lifespan? It's only 25 to 30 years. They're not very long. 25 Um, to 30? Yeah. In reference to the investment, they're not very long. Um, Yeah. How long does it take you? What's the uh, pay you? Actually, one of um, I, I don't know, my girlfriend's cell solar so. that used to be in the cannabis industry. I should reach out to her. <laughs> yeah, we want to know more about this. This is interesting. I have questions now. Super is solar better if it's only going to last that short amount of time? Well, and that's where I've had friends that work in the industry that question that themselves. They right. Yeah. yeah. Any anybody else? Anybody else? Did I miss anything? Did, did we miss anything? I shouldn't just speak in terms of myself. Not that I can think of. But as soon as we log off, I'll probably have like 10 things. I'm like, ah. Oh. That's okay. You well, know yeah, what? email it. Let's do email a follow-up. Let's do a follow-up because we, we're happy to do that um, because this is a really important topic. And I'm sure that we missed some things. If you are listening um, now and you're in the comments and you have oh, questions goodness. or anything um, or you think that we missed something, you hear the playback and you're like, wait, why didn't they talk about this? Or they should have talked more about this when they were um, discussing this part. Just hit us up at the Cannabis Closet 420 uh, at Gmail. So Cannabis Closet 420 at gmail.com. Don't take that V off. It's not part I of the I putting the V on everything. I know. Like- it's because that's the name of the show. The name I of the know. show is The Cannabis Closet <laughs> Podcast. If you forgot what you were watching and listening to, <laughs> um, we are live on YouTube and Twitch today. Usually we are also live on Facebook, but today um, Facebook had a like complete outage. So nobody could play on Facebook today. And it felt like the early 2000s. I didn't know what to do with myself. 
I didn't. I was like, Instagram too? No. <laughs> and we're on a TikTok uh, block. So yeah, we're, we're on a yeah, TikTok. We're... Like we're off, we're off of it. They, they keep taking our videos down for no reason. Speaking of Instagram, by the way, we are trying to get to a thousand followers. So if you guys follow us on Instagram, it's Cannabis Closet 420 on Instagram. So you can check us out there. Um, we absolutely have um, Facebook page. Obviously, normally we would be live there. Um, that is the Cannabis Closet Podcast on Facebook and on YouTube. On Twitch, you can find us on twitch.tv slash Cannabis Closet 420. We uh, post the show after the fact. Sometimes I'm a little lazy. They're coming. I promise. I, they're on their Don't way from there. last week. <laughs> um, but when we do post those, which is I post them all. Um, they will be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and um, and several other podcast stations, too, that are not as popular that I don't remember off the top of my head. So I apologize to you for that. But if you're listening on a, one of those podcast stations, definitely reach out and say hello. If you think we missed anything on this sustainability um, uh, session, please let us know that, too. What, what do you want to talk more about? What do you want to hear more about? What do you want more information on? Because we will be happy to have any one of these ladies back on the show to talk about all of those things. It's been a really fun conversation. I learned so much. I had so about, much. I mean, I knew I was going to because this isn't, I mean, I'm really pretty well versed on cannabis, but not on, um, you know, I know like the basics of recycling and composting and things like that but I'm not like super well versed on what's going on and what some of the problems are. So I'm glad that you ladies were on here to kind of guide us in the right direction and bring some of those things to light so that we can try to do better um, on our own. Uh, where can we find you? Does anyone want to go first? Socials. Yeah. Um, sure. I'll go first. Um, yeah. Follow our Instagram page, the under the rose Instagram page. Check out our stuff that's at Worth the Whispers um, is our Instagram. At Worth the Whispers? Yep. I got it. You got it? Okay. You guys too. I don't know. I tried to follow you guys earlier, but our first Instagram, I was like, what is going on? I was looking for it. And yeah. yes, also, I was like, I don't know. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, guys, check us out. Super cool. Everything's handmade by basically me and me and my boss and it's super fun. It's, it's, it's girl owned and it's, it's powerful. We're making some good moves. So, um, yeah. Um, thanks congratulations. I appreciate you. Thank yeah. you so much. It's been so awesome to talk today. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations on your MIP too. And, yeah, uh, huge. try to get you into more stores in Colorado. Cause I I've heard good things and I need access. So well, heck yeah. Uh, That's the word on. We have the only tattoo cream infused with THC um and nice. yeah we've got bath bombs and body butter all the fun stuff so i gotta get out to the mountains here seriously yes. we have like one cream here i think road trip one yeah, yeah come like, on out uh, <laughs> yeah you can find us um on facebook at erase the trace and i believe instagram also at erase the trace and um we have a website uh, etccommunity.net, I believe. Um, but Facebook is the primary um, place that we put out information if you're ever interested in volunteering um, here in Missouri or if you want to get involved in your own state and are interested in, you know, branching out and starting cleanups in your own area. We'd love to talk to you uh, about that kind of stuff as well. Yes, that's beautiful. And I, I just want to fix the oh, uh, website, ettcommunity.org. 
Oh, yes. I forgot we're in order. Borg, I'll get it. Um, yeah. I'll get it. <laughs> I'm on a Spanish keyboard. Like she and not said, on Facebook, my is, Facebook is the thing. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was so, I was like, oh my gosh, I really hope I have their email. And then, and then I reached out to you on, um, on LinkedIn. My dog just lost her mind because there's like a deer or something outside. Um, so, so I, I looked you up on LinkedIn and then I sent you a message on LinkedIn. And then I was like, I don't, cause I was like, I don't think I have their email. And then I just like, just take a chance. And I did have your email. I was like, yes, because yeah. Facebook was trying to sabotage our show today. Didn't work. Didn't work, Facebook. Not gonna happen. Goes down. Yeah. <laughs> All the technical difficulties of the world, we make it to happen. We Still made, made it happen. happen. We're used to technical difficulties. It is part. I mean, that should be part of the name of the show. <laughs> Just all the outtakes of our technical difficulties. I think that they- should be. <laughs> Once we do have our intro, which we're still working on getting that, but once we do have our intro, I think that should be part of the intro. Technical difficulties <laughs> will ensue. I feel that one. <laughs> yeah, they will happen. They will absolutely happen here. Well, um, if anybody has any questions again on anything that we've talked about or covered on this show or any show that we've had in the past, hit us up at uh, cannabiscloset420 at gmail.com. Uh, if you enjoyed the education that you get um, from the Cannabis Closet, we have plenty of that. So uh, you can uh, definitely reach out to us. If you guys know of your dispensary and it needs a little bit of help, just tell them to call us. We'll help them out. Customer service, CQLLC at gmail.com, 970-426-5985. We sponsor ourselves. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, great show. Thanks, ladies. Uh, yeah. uh, thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm going to light my joint right back up just before we go off so that we can have that final yeah. puff. And I'm going to remind everybody that you should be nice to yourself. Put your mask on before you assist others. <laughs> Cultivate love. <laughs> love. Yes. And stay lifted, everybody. Stay, stay lifted. lifted. See you next time. I guess one of us has to turn this off. (laughs) Wednesday at 420. We'll see you then. Come back by. Peace. Where we're going to be.